Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten, and this is a solo episode. Today, I'm just going to speak about a few things that I have been pulling over, experiencing lately, and I'm just going to speak from the heart, see where it goes. Thank God for watching this. Nice 7-Eleven coffee here. Paper cup. I go at about... 7 in the morning, go to my local 7-Eleven, get a nice hotto coffee. And it reminds me of being a kid. My dad, we used to travel. And in the mornings, he's, he's an early bird like me. And he would always wake up really early. And me and my brother, maybe we'd be at a surf contest or, you know, traveling with him for his job. And wake up, he'd be usually out of the room, sometimes, you know, at the gym, getting workout in, or he'd be coming back from poker, you know, at four in the morning, and he'd still be, still be gone. And he would always come back in the room, he's he's fresh, ready to go, never wanted to sleep in, and bring with him some, some paper, paper coffee cups, and maybe he'd bring me and my brother a banana bread, a slice of banana bread from Starbucks, maybe a scone or something, a couple bananas, but there'll always be the paper cups and kind of just the smell of coffee and stale coffee, which reminds me of him and those trips and traveling because, you know, you stop at a gas station and you probably pick up a nice paper coffee cup. It's the little things in life. It's the little things. Lex Friedman is a, a podcaster. You know, he's a researcher at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He talks about how he loves 7-Eleven, how it's kind of his, you know, he's one of the smartest guys in the world. and He goes there in the middle of the night just to kind of, you know, he's working on the guy literally builds robots and interviews people about artificial intelligence and space and just crazy stuff, rockets. And, you know, good friends with Elon Musk and all that stuff. And he just likes to, to go to 7-Eleven in the middle of the night, get a slushy or something. And he's a very fit guy as well. But he likes to just escape reality and go to this interesting little world where, you know, everything is, the fluorescent lights are shining and it's uh, kind of just this little ecosystem perfection and confections and it's kind of what 7-eleven is and that inspired me not to see it as a you know just a convenience store but really a sanctuary a a respite from daily life and set in japan 7-eleven is very much part of the culture it's you could get really anything from that 7-eleven other convenience convenience stores and i like to go there to start the day off you know it's about a 10 minute walk something that i've been doing that i got from chris williamson at the modern wisdom podcast start the day you know many of us me included sometimes you wake up and you just hop on your phone immediately especially me in japan I I wake up and I usually have a 
barrage of texts. I'm grateful to have it. I'm very lucky for my friends and I'm in a couple group chats, but you know, when I'm asleep, they're all booming. And then I wake up to 20 texts and it's very tempting just to sit there, scroll, check my emails, go on Instagram. But before you do that, something that I've been doing that's been very helpful, go on a walk without your phone. You know, 7-Eleven for me is is perfect because 10 minute walk, leave my phone at home and you want to, uh, this is an Andrew Huberman thing, who's one of the you know, neuro, neuroscientists and the leading kind of authority on just health and brain health. And you want your eyes to see, you know, the real world, faraway landscapes and blue sky before you start looking at a blue screen and, you know, blue light from the screen. So I like to take a little jaunt to, you know, it's, it kind of knocks all these birds off with one stone. I get my coffee, paper cup. It's uh, got the 10 minute walk in. I come back, I, you know, I see the surroundings, the sky, what have you, and come back ready to go. You know, I've accomplished something, and that is going on a jaunt. You, you think about some things, and it's a great way to start the day. Highly recommend it. Now that that is all established, what I want to talk about today is pretty exciting thing which happened to me this week. So I've been writing on medium.com, which is a blogging platform uh, for about six years. And I started after I graduated from college to really figure out what the hell I should do with my life. And I recently, yesterday, went back and read my first story and said, I think it was called uh, my first venture, <laughs> and it's it's pretty funny because it's you know it's the same stuff that I write about today, just in slightly different voice, and it was all about just not knowing exactly what to do. It's the first time in my life where I'm feeling like I have complete choice over which steps to take because you know you're no longer just studying to pass tests and. You don't have a, a clear roadmap that says go to school, get a degree, four years, and have as much fun as you want. Do whatever you want pretty much while you're at school, but pretty much you just have to get that done. Now you're out in the world. You have nobody telling you necessarily. You have to do anything. It's up to you to get a job. It's up to you to pursue things You know, on the side, pursue passions, believe in yourself, there's so much possibility. And for so many of us, that is quite daunting. And that first story, why I started writing was to unpack it a little bit. Because I realized that I didn't love journalism, which is what I studied. So I had no clue what to do. And I started blogging just to kind of make sense of it. And realized that I love traveling more than anything. And that I love travel writing. So just to exploring a place on the page pretty much exploring the history and how it all connects and what it means to me and my experience being there and what it brought out of me and nothing has really changed over the years you know obviously I've done things but I've just become a truer 
version of that. I've kind of accepted it more and more and leaned into it as much as I possibly can. And I've gone through waves over the years of, you know, bouts where I've thought, I'm going to give this a shot and be like a blogger. So I should be, you know, I stuck to a writing schedule, posted five times a week, stories about about writing and reading and philosophy and spirituality. Uh, I wasn't traveling really at the time. This was kind of during COVID. So it's much more of just like things I was learning and sharing. And that kind of, even though I was writing about things that I really enjoyed and was interested in and am interested in, it was taking the fun out of it because sticking to a schedule and I was placing expectations on what I was going to get out of it starting to believe that you know if I wanted to make money writing online that I was basing my happiness on whether articles did well claps medium sorry I'm drinking green tea here yes green tea and coffee so I realized that I don't want to be a blogger I'm a writer and I love long form that's why you know it makes me very happy to be working on this book that i'm working on to a published errors of youth because i love to tell a, a deep story that spans time and i also love you know quick quick hit articles and that kind of stuff but what i was finding is that i don't want to base my happiness and my livelihood on blogging online and you know on other people's whimsical uh i guess appreciation or uh claps i don't know what you would call that because still you know if i want to write books it's still based on other people kind of accepting it but something that i heard it's a great from uh naval ravikant who is just this incredible thinker entrepreneur don't read books that were written to make money and that that should guide you if you don't know what to read. Write books that were written because the author had to write them. I love that. It inspires me as a writer and as a reader. And that's not just for writing books. That's, I mean, you know, there is a lot of, I guess, a wealth of knowledge you could get from reading blogs online by professional writers who write to educate. But I think what I found for sure is that I want to write stories that just make me happy to write. And that might be, be poetry, that might be short fictional stories. All the times it is just lessons I'm learning from day-to-day life, things I'm reading, philosophy, uh, history, lessons, all that stuff. But a lot of times I like to just tell stories about life and how it moves me. And much of the time that is from traveling, which is why I'm in Japan. So I made the decision that I don't want to be a blogger. I want to be a writer and I will work on my books and I will never stop blogging, but it'll be about stuff that I genuinely want to write about and that makes me happy to write. And when I feel like there's pressure or I get overwhelmed because of what I'm not doing or what I should be doing, that is when I need to reevaluate what I truly want out of this endeavor. 
So I've been doing this for about six years and the only reason I haven't stopped is because I'm doing it because I sincerely love to do it. If I was doing it just for the monetary reward or, you know, recognition, then I would have stopped a long time ago because a lot of the stories that I love and think are my best ones or just my favorite don't even get, you know, 50 claps. And that would have mattered a lot more if that's what I cared about. Like the act of writing the thing itself is what makes me more happy than anything. And that is what keeps me going. So what happened this week, long story short, is that this article that I wrote titled Create for No Other Reason Than to Make Your Soul Grow. I I submitted it to one of the bigger publications on Medium called Mind Cafe, which I've published with a decent amount. They didn't respond, so they have to accept your article. And so Medium, basically, for those of you who do not know, it's a writing platform online, and anybody can, can write on there, which is why I think it's awesome. It's a great place to store your, you know, your blogs and your thoughts and just to do it for you. And what's really cool is there's publications and anybody could start a publication. So like I have Dare to Dream. And then also you could submit to any publication that you are a writer for. And you could apply to be a writer for any publication. So obviously there are bigger ones, smaller ones, different styles, blog or publications that publish different things. And so after I didn't get a response from Mind Cafe for like a week. Okay, I'll just send it to this other one that I'm sure will publish it in a few days. And they did. And then about a week later, um, I saw a, a private note on the article from, I think he's the editor, I'm not really sure, of the publication. And he said, <laughs> he sent me a, a private note like a week back and I didn't see it. He said, like, if you get rid of the profanity and the call to action at the end, um, profanity just being like, shit, fuck, like, go for your fucking dreams. I said once something like that along those lines, as I usually do. And he said, if you get rid of that and like the call to action at the end saying, please join my newsletter, um, I think this will have a great shot of getting boosted. I still don't really know what that means, but. He said, like, I'd like to nominate it to get boosted. And I'm sure that just means more eyeballs on it. And I didn't see that. But then I got a second uh, note that said, even though you didn't take the suggestions, you the story got accepted. Congratulations. I got sweet. So I didn't have to even take any of the stuff out. And it's been the best performing article that I've ever written. With over like 2,000 claps and 45 comments and I've never seen anything like that and it has you know led to more followers more people on my newsletter and just kind of more exposure and it's great it's you know it's definitely it feels good because this was a story that meant a lot a lot to me and I'll talk about what it entailed after this but 
story that I wrote just because I felt, you know, one of the most important reasons to write from Jordan Peterson is if you have a problem, if you have something that you genuinely want to solve on the page. And this is why Michelle de Montaigne is one of my greatest inspirations. <laughs> I'm pulling a lot of things out here, but he was the the creator of the essay and he was you know, 1500s Frenchman. And he has his book right here, just the, the essays. And when we think of essay, a lot of us think of, you know, five paragraph essay from high school, arguing a point, it's got to be clear. I was always terrible at that. I was never even good at writing in high school. And I didn't, didn't even think college, but got it done. So when you think of essay, you think of five paragraph, you know, thing that you just want to do in high school and then have nothing else, nothing to do with it ever again. But to essay is to explore, to attempt, to try. And that's where the word essay comes from. And what Montaigne did is he just, you know, he's the first person just to take ideas, say like on, on friendship, on guilt, on, <clears throat> on Hannibal's march, just anything, most random stuff. And he just wrote, you know, 1,500 words on the topic, just exploring on the page. So I consider, so you don't want to have the answer when you, when you write something. You want to be looking for the answer. You are an explorer setting out and barking to discover something as you write. And I heard yesterday, but Jordan Peterson also said, authors, they don't have the end game in mind when they start writing they don't know how the story's going to go they keep writing because they want to know what happens next and that is why we keep reading and if you could feel that the author is just as much trying to figure out what happens next as you it makes it very compelling that's another just very inspiring you know reason to write you want to know what happens next and that might be fiction but for me even in my writing my European book it's I want to get back to it because I want to see what happens next and so each you know part of it is an interesting little tale and yeah it's it's fun so anyways while I was bringing this all together so so yeah this this article did pretty well and the best that I have you know the best story of mine has ever done and it's because I have done it because I sincerely love it over the years and even you know I didn't get caught up in oh at Mind Cafe didn't accept it I said okay it doesn't really matter throw it to the next best thing and that is exactly what had to happen for it to you know not blow up but do pretty well at least in my eyes and yeah I think that just for me was a beautiful lesson of moving with the tide flowing with the way things are supposed to happen naturally you know they'll happen the way they they will happen and not to get caught up in the the ifs or the ands or the buts but to just keep flowing with it and to do it because well as the title says to create because it makes your soul grow and that opens up a another big discussion of why 
a right in the first place. And, you know, me and Greg started this podcast, kind of inspired people to, to go for the unorthodox life, to, you know, seek what lights your soul on fire, to do what inspires you. And we have transitioned a bit. You know, it's not so much of you have to change your whole life and do this thing that that is burning inside of you anymore. It's more of a, a gentle nudge throughout your life to seek something meaningful that you can't quite understand. That doesn't mean you have to change everything. That doesn't even mean you have to quit your job. That means just attuning your senses to what your curiosities are telling you, to what your inclinations are telling you which way to go. Because we have no idea why we're interested in the things we are interested in. We are called to certain things. We are, you know, something on the path that we have been walking causes us to stray. So often we think that we can't stray. We can't stop doing what we're doing to take a breath and to look around for a while. Yet, you know, if we if we don't open ourselves up to that that mystery of life and allow our curiosity to, you know, lead us off course every once in a while, we will miss the opportunities that could be exactly what we need in our lives and that will take us to places that obviously we can't imagine because that's not the way, you know, the course was was moving forward. But yeah, so where was I going with that? So yeah, we can't we don't we have no clue just what our curiosities are are trying to tell us. And what has been very important is setting you know, setting our gaze on something. So basically, we need to have something that is pulling us, that is calling us just some sort of direction. And once we have that thing, putting down the blinders and just completely opening ourselves up to the mystery of what might happen. You know, but we do need some sort of path in which to walk because we don't have any sort of vision or plan or an idea, then we will be quite lost. But if you have some direction, some kind of step that is calling you to just take one after the other, it is really our obligation to to follow that path and allow it to take us to places that truly we just can't imagine. But yeah, this article it's it's pretty interesting. So I was watching this guy, uh, Robert McGee on the Rich Roll podcast. And he's this old school, you know, very kind of hard nosed educator, lecturer, writer, and he's the the world's kind of leading authority on storytelling and what stories mean. Not necessarily how to tell a story, but what they do to us because we are all living a story whether we know it or not and 
to know what a story actually entails is very helpful in that because it you know tells us that oh this is supposed to happen it is going to get hard in this valley before things get better because this is the hero's journey and if you don't go through a valley of darkness then sometimes you won't know what it feels like to emerge on the other side and that means you are going through a truly heroic endeavor in whatever it is and the big and the small that's it's all part of life but he's pretty much saying that if you want to be a creator you're signing up for failure and just very hard work for the next decade at least like you have to be pumping out you know he's talking more or less about uh, like writing scripts for movies and but also about books and fiction he's like you have to be writing pretty much a project a year and it's not gonna you know not gonna get anything for the next 10 years and i'm like yeah you know that is pretty much what i'm signing up for because first of all i think it is important that we define our own success like he says you won't be successful but i think that means kind of monetary success or more public acclaim you know bestseller big movie whatever it is screenwriter is what the word i was looking for before writing scripts for movies is to be a screenwriter and so yes i realized that if i never have a bestseller if i never have any and i'm not even sure if that's what i truly want but you know if none of the things that we imagine will make us happy ever actually happen is that okay answer for me is yes because i know even with this article, it's like, sure, it's cool to get some recognition and just to have it be more popular, but is that, does it change anything? No. The number changes on the follower count, but nothing nothing else changes. It's my job to to do the writing and to think because the act in and of itself is what gives me such joy and such life. So I was thinking about that, what he was saying that, yes, you're signing up for failure for the next 10 years, but what is failure? Failure to me is letting that fear stop you to never even begin that you don't want to look that back on your life and say, I wish I had the courage just to begin because many of us will let that, let that stop us from even pursuing what we might think would make us happy because we see, oh, there's literally billions of writers. I don't know, billions, but millions, hundreds, thousands, I don't know. In this world, whatever we want to do, like there's millions of stores and (laughs) billions of, you know, humans on this great big earth. And there will always be people who are better than you, there will always be people who are doing what you are doing with 100 times the effort. And if that's what makes us never begin, then that is the only thing that can constitute a failure. If you put yourself in the position, if you just put the ball in the court, if you take a chance on yourself and give yourself some credit and say, I am worthy of pursuing this thing that I think will make me happy, that, I believe makes you success. It doesn't matter how old you are. Begin the thing. 
we've said it millions of times here, but put the ball in the court. And, you know, this leads me to the next point that I make success because the day-to-day action of writing this story, of writing my book, that is what makes me happy. Like I'm sitting, you know, on my break, writing about, you know, Lisbon, Portugal, in some remote, not really remote, but some kind of outskirt town in Osaka, Japan. And, you know, the rain is falling outside the window, trains going by. I'm just in awe of what I'm a part of, of what is happening. And it's unbelievable. And that, the fact that I've taken the time, even if it's just 10 minutes, to do something that matters to me almost every day. That makes me a success in my own eyes. And what I was getting at before, I kind of strayed away from, is how me and Greg have shifted a bit on Dare to Dream from, you know, everything was so heavy and important before to just having a lighter touch on this whole experience. You don't have to quit your job. Obviously, I now thoroughly embrace having a job where I am learning something and every day is an opportunity to grow and do something difficult and connect with other people, be out there in the world. And it takes the pressure off of my passion, the thing that I love that I'm doing with pretty much all my time on the side. And if that was my livelihood, and this is what really inspiring book, Big Magic by the author of Eat, Pray, love elizabeth gilbert she wrote about about this concept in in big magic that take like you don't have to quit your job to to you know pursue your passions because that puts too much pressure on the passion itself you want the the love the passion the the thing that you truly want to be doing that may or may not one day be your livelihood you want that to be as lighthearted and meaningful and fulfilling as possible and to expect that it will make you, you know, that'll be your career or make you rich or that you have to do it. That just puts too much pressure on it and takes the joy and the love out of it. And this kind of brings a full circle of that's why I started writing in the first place. And then if you do it for that reason, you never know what's going to happen. So I wrote for the five years which you know it's nothing but for me it's something you know it's about a fifth of my life (laughs) a little less and you just never know when things will change and I haven't succumbed to believing that I'm never going to get there because that's not the point I'm already there I'm already at the place that I'm doing something which is fulfilling And when you do it for that reason, when you do it just to make your soul grow, whatever it is, it's making clothes, writing, photography, doing sport. If you do it just because it genuinely brings you joy and enriches your life, that will take you places you cannot imagine. And just because, you know, maybe there are some writers listening to this, Elizabeth Gilbert was extremely inspiring and helped me a lot with writing my yearbook 
So she says, what you produce is not necessarily always sacred, just because you think it's sacred. What is sacred is the time that you spend working on the project and what that time does to expand your imagination, what that expanded imagination does to transform your life. The more lightly you can pass that time, the brighter your existence becomes. So it's, you know, we have these dreams or goals or aspirations and there's a lot of pressure to get to that finish line, a place that's constantly moving further and further into the distance the closer we get to it. Because the finish line is sitting in that shop in the outskirts of Osaka writing my book. That is the place. That is the finish line, which I arrive at every time I sit down to do it. And obviously completing the project is always, well, I've only done it once, but it is, it's cool to see the complete package all come together. And there's no denying that, but the process is truly what makes it all worth it. And another very inspiring point from that book is that I thought, you know, I'm young and I have lots of doubts about my capabilities, especially as a writer. It's kind of seen as more of a mature task, I guess, like you should have experienced if you want to tell people things. And, you know, that was definitely a hurdle to get over in Eras of Youth, my first book, and it's definitely one that I'm grappling with now because this book is just more of a whimsical travel story through Europe, and it's more lighthearted and fun. And I put pressure on myself, like, does it have to be more than that? And I think the answer is no. Like, it'll, it's already taking its shape of its own. And Elizabeth Gilbert says, feel free to start sharing your perspective through creativity, even if you're just a kid. If you are young, you see things differently than I do. And I want to know how you see things. We all want to know. When we look at your work, whatever your work may be, we will want to feel your youth the fresh sense of your recent arrival here. Be generous with us. Let us feel it. After all, for many of us, it has been so long since we stood where you now stand. And that just knocked my socks off because it's, I haven't thought about that where it's, I don't need to be faking who I am and say, you know, this is what I'm going through. This is what I could teach you. It's, just by being you, you have a perspective that nobody else has. And giving that, even just giving advice to a friend who needs it, we think that we have to have the answers, but just being in our position for so many others is a fresh perspective. And we can't possibly understand how sharing, you know, what we feel inside or being vulnerable sharing what we believe can truly have a greater effect than, than we could possibly imagine. So that's essentially, that's essentially it. So this has been a cool week seeing that something that brought me a lot of joy has resonated. And it's been amazing seeing that this article about pretty much everything, the things I just talked about, about sharing perspectives by doing it, creating, just to feel your spirit, your soul grow. It's really the reason, it's really the best reason, I believe, to create in the first place. 
because if you do for that reason, you can't possibly imagine what will happen. There's doors that will open that you can't foresee. Perhaps it will turn into something more if that's what you want. But if you create, if you put pressure on yourself that, you know, your work, your anything, you know, any any kind of goal or finish line that we say we have to reach this or else it's a waste, that limits the possibility because then even if you have a, if I said, oh, I this article didn't get published by Mind Cafe, even the act of it, you know, writing it shaped me so much. If I didn't reach that goal, if that was my, you know, my finish line, I still would have felt like I let myself down. But because that wasn't really the goal, the goal is just to do the thing in and of itself. Look what happened. People saw it that I didn't expect to see it. They shared it in ways that I didn't expect it to be shared. And now it's kind of got a life of its own. And that is what is possible. All right, fam. I think that's going to cover it for episode 126 of the Dare to Dream podcast. It was a fun one. Hope you enjoyed my rambling a bit. Much, much love.